Welcome to Modern Sign Books on Blog Talk Radio. If you're interested in what makes your favorite authors and collectors tick, then you'll love hearing what they have to say in our live interviews. Learn how they got started writing, the books and authors that inspired them, what they have in their personal collections, and much more. Meet today's hottest authors as they discuss their life and writing in revealing conversations with our book specialist, Roger Nichols. And find us at modernsignbooks.blogspot.com. Now sit back and enjoy a few minutes with Modern Sign Books. Here's Roger. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Roger Nichols. Today, I'm very pleased to welcome as our guest a fellow political science major who, despite that, has made good in the world. Stephen Koontz took his new degree from West Virginia University in 1968 and wisely headed for flight training in Pensacola as an ensign in the U.S. Navy, did two combat cruises on the Enterprise in the final years of the Vietnam War, served as a flight instructor, among other duties, left active duty as lieutenant in 1977. A couple of years later, finished a law degree at the University of Colorado, set up by practice, first in West Virginia, later in Colorado as an attorney for oil and gas companies. But it was his time in the air that touched his soul and found him scribbling scenes and short stories and ultimately, in 1986, his novel, Flight of the Intruder. Since then, he's gone on to write more than 30 best-selling books, many of them involving series characters Jake Grafton and Tommy Carmelini. His latest, The Art of War, is just out from St. Martin's Press, and we are delighted to welcome Stephen Coots. Good morning. It's I'm delighted to be talking to you. Oh, it is it's so much fun. Before we dive into the art of war, I want to note that you're one of the few novelists whose first novel got a big boost from the president of the United States. How did that happen? Well, uh, the uh, publisher was looking around for some famous people to plug the thing. I, uh, the publisher was the U.S. Naval Institute, and I suggested they send it to the then Secretary of the Navy, who was John Lehman, and he had been an A6BN in the uh, Naval Reserve. Actually, still was at the time, and he flew A6s. So anyway, I thought if the A6 guys don't like it, we're, we're doomed. But he <laughs> loved it, and so he sent it over to the White House. And uh, President Reagan was photographed with the book on his desk, and that was in Fortune magazine in September of 1986, just as the book came out. And so every every outlet in the country reviewed the book. You know, an unknown author, uh, a book about an unpopular war, and uh, still they reviewed it. And the reviews always started, this book was on the president's desk. <laughs> so I was just lucky. It was just luck. What, what a fantastic but. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have been there if it hadn't been an absolute ace of a book, by the way. Well, uh, that's it, it, the book obviously struck a chord with the reading public and spent 28 weeks on the bestseller list. And, uh, you know, the, the country and the readership was ready for a, a look at the, the human side of the Vietnam conflict. They didn't want to pass the political end of it. They wanted to look at the human side. And that's what the book did. And so it had a found a found an audience it did absolutely did it and uh i am trying to remember we're up to i think is this is this number 10 or 11 with jake grafton in there i i can't keep yeah. track anymore the art of war is uh i did 10 with jake and you know with tommy carmelini right. being a minor character in last four and then we did six or seven in this current 
format, which is Tommy is a major character who tells his story in the first person. And so he and Jake star together. So this is about, I think, 17 or 18 with Jake in it yeah. and Tommy. Yeah. And uh, Tommy is young and hip, and Jake is now the uh, director of the CIA in this one. And so in the next one, he it, it comes back out in June, Liberty's Last Stand, the same characters, only a far different scenario. Uh, now, this this one has a fascinating setup. I mean, it again, this is a page turner from the get-go. Anytime you have somebody who has smuggled a nuke into the U.S. and a race to find it before it goes off and where it is and what it's going to do, uh, you've got it. You've got yourself uh, an interested audience, but the circumstances. We hope. We hope. You know, you got to hook them early. Yeah. Well, the circumstances, and this was something that I was not aware of, uh, and you might share with uh, the, what happened historically that that uh, caused you to use this scenario. Well, about Christmas, I guess it was three years ago. Uh, the president and the Congress were in another budget battle over approving more federal debt. And, uh, and the administration ordered all the Atlantic fleet carriers into port in Norfolk. And so there were five aircraft carriers in port at one time, plus their battle groups, plus, uh, some, uh, LHAs or helicopter carriers, assault assault carriers mm -hmm. and their battle groups. So, the, I mean, Norfolk was crammed and they couldn't obviously, all these ships couldn't obviously fit in one port, but the major ones were in Norfolk and the others were dribbled up and down the East coast. And, you know, and at the time everyone thought, wow, there, what's the possibilities of another Pearl Harbor? Yeah. And uh, a Navy spokesman says, oh, it couldn't happen. You know, we don't have any enemies. And, you know, you hear that and you think, is this guy out of his mind? You know, he's just a political hack, uh, you know, to be saying what he's been told to say. But, you know, I could name all four or five countries right, right quick that would love to see uh, half the U.S. Navy go up in a mushroom cloud. And so that was the idea and the way I went with it. You know, it, it just occurred to me that has got to be one of the fattest targets ever. And the and you have this situation where they're setting up to do it again, and and as they as they carriers come closer and closer, uh, it gets more and more frightening. I, I want to talk a little bit about the characters here because they are absolutely amazing folks. Um, I like the way you describe Jake on your website. I'm going to read this quote here. He, he isn't brilliant. He's got no great insight into the problems of our times but he has common sense and always tries to do the right thing, regardless of the personal consequences. He's a hero for our time. We need a few more of those out there. Indeed. Indeed we do. And uh, I think that that's why my career has managed to last for 30 years. You know, that's an extraordinarily long career for a popular novelist. And uh, it's that the hero always tries to do the right thing. And so we see so many people in public life and popular, you know, celebrities and so on who don't. And so we find that fascinating and refreshing. And so we come back again and again to Jake. 
and my readers do. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's kept me eating for 30 years. (laughs) (laughs) Just because both you and Jake flew the A6, there's a temptation to conclude that Jake Grafton is just Stephen Coots looking in the mirror. How much of you do you think there is in Jake? Well, he's in my head because I have to write him. But right. uh, I, you know, he he and I parted company many years ago. I got out off active duty after nine years. Jake stayed in for thirty. Uh, I retired from the Naval Reserve as commander. He he uh, in the fiction retired as a two star admiral, and so he's had many. Uh, experiences that I haven't had, and I've had many that he hasn't had. You know, I'm I'm a lawyer. You know, I was an oil company attorney, and I was a police officer. And, you know, just I, you know, life went different ways. But he was the perfect character for Flight of the Intruder, and, and of course, that book did so well that the next publisher says we want Jake Grafton in it. <laughs> oh, you do? <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, and, uh, you know, you just you just move on and do what they give them what they want. Because, uh, you know, I'm sort of like the prostitute. You know, I do it for the money. And so uh, <laughs> I took their money and gave them what they wanted. Yeah. Well, it's it's been popular on both ends of that deal, by the way. Uh, how much do you think that that – your changing life experiences has influenced the change in the style between then and now that you have you have uh, evolved in that direction. Well, I certainly couldn't have written Flight of the Intruder when I was still in the Navy. I tried, but I didn't know how to write. I didn't have a plot. All that came to me after I'd been a lawyer and you know, been to law school and a lawyer and got a divorce and finally had time to really sit down and learn the craft. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I think as the years go by, a student of of writing would, would say your style has changed somewhat. And I would hope and pray they would say that you've gotten better. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know that that's the case, you know, yeah. but uh, I, I still love to write. I enjoy creating fiction, and uh, I like to think, I flatter myself that I actually learned how to do it. Oh, I think you've made the grade there somehow. Uh, (laughs) I also want to talk about Tommy because um, he is also a hero for our time, but in a very different way. And you mentioned earlier that, that when he comes on board, he's in first person, and the rest of the story is told in authorial third person. Um. I hit this weird hit when I was reading this, this kind of echo of Damon Runyon character. He's a little bit more yeah savvy, street savvy. I think savvy. so. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Tommy is. Uh, I first used him in the book Cuba, and then he was just you know just a, a bit player. But I kept coming back to put him in the stories because he works so well. He's a burglar. He's a thief, and he was forced to join the CIA or go to jail. And so uh, the more I, I thought about the more I thought, I need a younger hero. I can't keep letting Jake Grafton keep getting older and older and older. He can't be an action-adventure hero. And so uh, I picked up Tommy, and the first book that he, he starred in was uh, Liars and Thieves. And uh, 
he uh, told how the intention was he would tell the whole story in the first person. That didn't work out as I worked with the story because thrillers have so many subplots. Yeah. And the first person is such a linear delivery. The hero can't tell you anything he doesn't personally witness. And so that didn't that didn't work. So I had to put some third person in with uh, Jake Grafton. And uh, the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know, it's going to work. Or there's people that are going to complain a little bit about the uh, format, you know, violate the rules of writing, you know, when you shift points of view, all that stuff. But uh, I thought it worked, and so now nobody complains. <laughs> Read on. I, I have to ask a little bit about about the uh, the research that you do. Now, just for fun, I, on this one, there are several uh, details like uh, what's the approach frequency for the Denver airport, and I looked it up, and by golly, it was absolutely correct. I got the feeling that you better have that stuff straight if you're going to use it. You, you better. I'll get some uh, airline pilot will uh, send me a nasty email. You know, you got this wrong. And uh, there are actually two errors in it right now, only one of which the readers have caught, and we'll get those corrected before the paperback comes out. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of flying, I know that you uh, still fly as much as possible. How many hours have you got? I've got about 6,000 hours. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And did I well, see airline you know, pilots, of course, got, yeah. you know, tens of thousands, but right. I don't fly professionally and I have to buy the gas. So yeah, <laughs> it makes a difference Did I, I think, I think I saw on your website, you were right. Uh, have some kind of, uh, doing low and slow there with, uh, uh, yes, with I, I, I found that, uh, I, I gave up on the instrument flight. Some years back when I sold uh, a twin that I had, mm -hmm. I like low and slow. I like uh, pretty days and uh, floating along at a thousand feet over the landscape and going places and looking at the world. And, you know, the older I get, the more that fascinates me. Well, it, and as you noted, you noted someplace that I think that you, if you, you know, if you're flying in a commercial jet, you see nothing or it's so far away, it doesn't mean anything, but you can as you can have well, a they, connection. They even close the windows. They even close the windows on those things, so yeah. the sun won't bother people. Because everybody's now playing with a uh, iPad or a cell phone, and you know it's like it's like flying in a uh, beer can, <laughs> large beer can. But uh, yeah, you know, there's it's no adventure, no anything. It's just an experience to be endured. Yeah, well, and, well, uh, that's sort of sad. It it is, but that ultralight looked pretty good. Oh, it looks like okay. Uh, when I suppose we probably ought to talk about about the 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 latest book, the Art of War. And I want to compliment you. I, I'm always a fan of people who put uh, quotations from classics at the beginning of each chapter, and you've you've got some of the very best in there. Well, you know, there wasn't room for all the good ones, and so I had to pick and choose. But I had a lot of fun collecting them, and. Uh, there, there are obviously quotes about war from famous generals or philosophers, and uh, so it was it was fun digging doing the research for that. Yeah, um, there are a lot of uh, one of the things that I do when I when I read books is I I take a lot of notes and I have a full notebook of great lines from me. I want to throw a couple of them at you because I I, I want you, the uh, the response to that. But uh, 
one of the lines that you put is, is, is it's not always easy to tell who the good guys are. And that's kind of, kind of a metaphor for the world today. Indeed it is. It's a, a, you know, it's a metaphor for life. Yeah. Yeah. And the other one that I, that, that caught my eye is the upside to not being a gourmet is that you are easily pleased. Are you easily pleased? I'm not a gourmet. And I, and I am easily pleased. You know, I like about everything. And, uh, but I thought, you know, so much of, uh, popular, uh, popular, uh, attention is focused on the culinary channel and the gourmet, you know, cooks and all that stuff. And, and, uh, I don't, I don't know how many men are out there who are really gourmets and, uh, certainly action adventure guys who have to eat whatever they can get their hands on aren't. And so I thought that was a fitting comment for Tommy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Oh, there are also some some neat toys in here. These uh, sea lions, semi-submersibles. Uh, you call them the armored personnel carriers of Navy commandos. Looks like a a, lo- a fun ride. Well, that is actually an actual uh, experimental craft. It hasn't been put into operations uh, use yet, and I don't know that it'll make the cut to production. But there are two. Two of them exist, and they are used and played with, and and uh, so I thought I'll use them. And uh, this, of course, the scenario in the book where the seals use it, Navy commandos would would require some kind of transport. They can't swim 100 miles. Yeah. Well, I just was was wondering if you did wangle a ride in one of them because it sounds like it would be. Boy, just I'd a love fun. to. <laughs> I'd love to, but I haven't. <laughs> Which leads me to ask if your your time in the service, you still have any contacts there that may offer you inside information or help the, uh, in in plotting? Or well, obviously I can't use classified information right. and and uh, don't know any at this stage of the game. And the people in the service or the people who were in the service who talked to me, we don't do classified. No. And uh, but I have questions and. And some people are kind enough to uh, help me. And, for example, in this next book that's coming out, Liberty's Last Stand, I had a, a retired rear admiral who was who works for uh, Aerovironment, which is a, uh, a company that makes drones. He got me hooked up with a drone specialist in his company. And so I asked some questions, and I got some tips, and so to try to make the drone sequence in the next book. That's that's the way you do it. You have a question. I'm, first of all, I do stories. Right. I, my books are not about military information. I do stories. But I'm just trying to get enough verisimilitude to get the tone of the book right. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you know, we fly on into the plot and the characters and so on. Right. You you mentioned though you you don't do politics. I saw a few sneaking in there, and, and one of the lines you used is "America's full of low information voters who presumably are ignorant and happy." Um, I'm afraid that's only too true, but <laughs> it's kind of an interesting observation. Well, uh, I have I have avoided politics 
throughout my career because I want people of all political persuasions to read my stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't care how you vote and uh, just read a good story. Yeah. On the other hand, this next book that's coming out in June, Liberty's Last Stand, will probably be the most politically incorrect book that you'll read in the last 20 years. And so it's political all the way. I just threw away the the old playbook and said, I'm going, I'm going to do it. And so I did it. And, uh, and uh, we'll see how it goes. You know, I think people will either wretch or they'll love it. And uh, <laughs> you'll just have to take your chances. Do you realize by saying this, you've got a whole bunch of people now are, are immediately reaching to do the pre-order on that right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, I hope they do pre-order it and, yeah. uh, we hope it does well. But in the interim, before June, I think they're really going to like the Art of War. Well, it, I have to tell you, I, I was, all right, I really was up late one night because I could not stop where it was, just a couple of chapters to go. Come on. Well, that late turned in about one thirty, and I get up at 3.30 in the morning. So um, <clears throat> it was a, a short but happy night, I'll have to say. Oh, great. You know, that's the greatest compliment a novelist can get is that I ruined a good night's sleep for you. <laughs> you know, that's I've entertained you. I've taken you out of your daily problems and taken and told you a story that for a few hours allowed you to escape reality. And so that's what entertainment is. And so that's my job. That's why they pay me. That's right. And the thing about, about writing, though, is is that the payoff is so far down the road, you have to be prepared to keep yourself amused in between. Oh, indeed. And uh, and you can only, I can only turn out about one book a year. I used to do uh, co-authored books, but now gave that up, and now it's just one book a year. And so a fan... You know, they they got a, an annual treat but if they're looking for mine. But but you know, everybody reads a lot of a lot of different novels, and uh, I hope they do. If you're a fan of fiction, you have a a group of people that you love to read, and so I just hope I'm on somewhere on that list. Oh, absolutely. Who do you love to read? Oh, I read mysteries. Uh, I'm reading Michael Connolly right now, and uh, he's great mystery writer and uh, I just uh, fin- refinished rereading the entire works of Sherlock Holmes at Acon and Doyle and uh, I got a I'm about to dive into Dorothy Sayers uh, Lord Peter Wemsley you know you just anything and everything grab grab books that look like they might be fun and uh, <laughs> as a writer I have to do that this is my job. Ta-da. <laughs> we we mentioned you mentioned uh, research before, but I know that you do a, a lot of it. I suspect that uh, you really are motivated in that direction. Besides, it's fun. Well, it is. But it's also a heck of a lot easier today than it used to be. It used to be trips to the library, and uh, today it's the internet. You can find out about anything you want to know on the internet, and so. I actually have a the computer I write on. It's not on the internet. That way, it can't catch a virus. Right. But I have one right beside it that is on the internet. And so, when I hit a question, I just turn around and you know, 
Google it or, or uh, you know, ask questions. Next thing I know, I'm on Wikipedia or wh- whoever, right. and uh, I get my answer and away I go. And so it's much, much easier. Well, and we all appreciate it. We can't get it along without it these days, unfortunately. Yes, but, um, where do Where do you see yourself going with, and you've got obviously the next one in, in the hopper, uh, beyond that, uh, are you ever thinking of adding a new series character or, or uh, doing something? I, I think I'm going to try to do at least one more Jake Crafton mm-hmm. after Liberty's Last Stand. And uh, we'll just see. We'll see uh-huh. how the new format works and uh, what the public is interested in. And, you know, basically a writer tries to pick what the public is going to be interested in two years from now. Yeah. So it's going to take me a year to write the book, and then it's going to take, you know, maybe a year in production. And uh, The Art of War, the publisher actually sat on it for 15 months before they published it. Mm. And so, you know, you got to – it's tough. My crystal balls, you know, is not the world's best, and the batteries run out occasionally. <laughs> you, just, you just try to – what is the public going to be interested in two years? And yeah. so – you know, I want to write the book now. Mm-hmm. This is this is the problem that most of us don't have to deal with, and it's just one yeah. insight. And 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 I appreciate that. I, I should. Uh, is there anything that you've always wanted a reviewer or interviewer to ask you that we never have? <laughs> no, no. I uh, I think an interviewer such as yourself, you do a great job, and you're a pro at what you do. And uh, you hit all the high points. Well, I appreciate that. You have been very generous with with your time. Let's mention your website. Okay, it's www.coonts.coonts. dot com. If you can spell my name, you can find me. It's a, if you spell it wrong, you'll get Dean's website, which is a whole different thing. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for being with us. Our guest today has been Stephen Kuntz. The latest is The Art of War. It's available now. Thank you so much for taking time with us today. Well, thank you for having me. All right. You've been listening to Modern Sign Books on Blog Talk Radio with book specialist Roger Nichols. Be sure to check us out at modernsignbooks.blogspot.com.